0: Hello, and welcome to the Faith Church Podcast Channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you would like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, visit our website at www.igotofaith.com. This podcast is made possible due to the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com and hit the giving tab. Or, you can text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Man, wasn't that music off the chain, man? Can we give it up for our worship team? You know, man, if you're new here, you recognize we run the volume a little bit hot here. That's that's to cover my sound up because, man, I scream that junk and it is way off key. Whew. Man, I'm thankful really for some very talented people, thankful for our hospitality team, kids team. We have a lot of incredible people that serve here, but at the end of the day, it's all God's grace, it's all God's love. Can we make some noise for our Lord and Savior Jesus in this house? <laughs> well, listen, I want to welcome everybody. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor here at Faith Church and I want to welcome you as our guests, all of our Faith family. Glad that you are here this weekend and want to welcome those who are watching online. So listen, we are continuing a series that we started several weeks ago entitled Prescribed. What Prescribed is about is the same thing you and I, when we get sick or we go through a tough time physically, what do we do? We go see a doctor. And a doctor will take what he knows and he'll apply it to our life and he'll diagnose our disease and he'll issue a treatment. He'll prescribe some kind of remedy to get us through our sickness. And what we find is Jesus is the same way. In fact, as you read the Gospels, you'll recognize that Jesus is very often dealing with the diseases of the human heart. He recognizes the issues that we have, the challenges that we face, the things that we go through. And he doesn't just point things out, but the wonderful thing about Jesus is he is a Savior. He does change lives, and so what he does is he prescribes remedies or cures to help us get us us through the things that we're going through. In fact, through this series, you can go back and you can look... We've checked out some of the prescriptions that Jesus has issued for unanswered prayer, for worry, for eternal life. And um, what we've done is we've learned through this that Jesus' brother, James, he said this. He said, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Which means that when we listen to what Jesus has to say, don't self-diagnose and don't self-treat. But when we hear what Jesus has to say about the issues of the human heart and what's broken in humanity, that you and I really can't experience life change. That you and I really can't experience God changing our life, changing our heart, and making us whole. But again, we have to not just be willing to listen, but we got to be willing, we've been saying this through the series, is take our medicine. Everybody say that. Say, take your medicine. You got to take your medicine. You have to do what Jesus said if you want to experience what Jesus said we can experience. So today in week five, I want to talk about what I think is probably the most well-known prescription that Jesus ever issued. And the reason I say it's the most well-known prescription that Jesus ever issued is because it's not just well-known in the context of churches and Christian people. In fact, what we're going to find, and I think what you know is true and I know is true, is this prescription is known by like everyday people. This is probably one of the most well-known scriptures in our nation. We know it because people say it all the time. And it's not only the most well-known or the most prescri- uh, well-known prescription Jesus ever issued, but it's probably the most violated prescription that Jesus ever gave. Anybody want to guess the two words, the prescription that Jesus gave you and I, the most well-known. your friends know it. People inside church knows it. people outside church knows it. It's this right here: Don't judge. Everybody say those two words. Don't judge. Isn't it funny, even though Jesus said don't judge, how quick we are to judge? (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. We are, at least I am, and I know culture, I know humanity. Sometimes we are the quickest to jump to conclusions. We are the quickest to point out people's shortcomings. Man, we judge so much. We judge what people have on, what they don't have on. We judge tattoos and piercings and lifestyles and political affiliations and sexual preferences and where they live, how they spend their money, what they drive, what they say, what they post on social media. Come on, everybody. We judge a lot. And what's crazy is, really, even though culture judges so much, the church, church people, Christian people, Jesus people are some of the worst at being judgmental and critical. Even though... Jesus said, don't judge. I mean, think about this. Several years ago, um, I was out. I'd only been saved for a couple years, and we went out with a group of young adults from the church I was in at that time, and probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 of us, we went to this restaurant. We all sat down, and uh, when we got there, there were chips and salsa on the table, which you know you're in a good restaurant when there are chips and salsas on the table when you get there. Come on. Holy Ghost meeting. We are speaking in tongues, eating chips and salsa. Amazing. We sit down, everybody's eating chips and salsa. It was all kind of these church people. However, there was this one guy, he was brand new, had not been to church. He was invited by a friend, and so he's sitting there. And the waiter shows up and starts asking, hey, what do you want to drink? And like around the table, you know, give me water with lemon, give me a Dr. Pepper, give me a Coke. And this new guy, he obviously didn't know the drill. And he says, without even blinking, let me get a beer. I'm telling you, 15 Christians in the middle of a crunch like, You want to mess with some church people, go out to eat with them and order a beer. (laughs) People will choke on chips. People will lose their mind. For real, you can feel like the judgmental temperature of the room go through the roof. So, I mean, we've all gone through it. We have not only only judged people, but what's worse than judging people that we're all guilty of, we've all done it, whether we say it out loud or not, we certainly feel it. What's worse than judging people is being judged. Nobody likes to be judged. And we have people approach us and say things to us. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked as your pastor, the things some people walk up to me and say on a regular basis. And I think, do you have a brain? Do you have an off switch? Do you have a filter? Because it's, again, it's this thing, it's almost natural for us to be judgmental. I'll tell you, my judgmental meter goes through the roof when I walk in Walmart. Come on, somebody. Like, I walk in Walmart, and I get. Crit- I can't love Jesus and go to Walmart. Like, I'm like, what does she have on? Did she look in the mirror before she went out of the house? What is wrong with that lady? Does she know how to discipline? I would beat that kid if that was my kid. Give me a minute with that kid. What is that worker doing? Do they get paid for doing He'd been standing there, hadn't done anything the whole time. What, who built this display? Is it a blind person? Like, I can be judgmental in Walmart. I can't go there no more. And I'm not the only one. Come on, guys. Every one of us in this room, we are judgmental people. We don't have social media accounts for the content. We have social media because we like to judge people. We like to flip through Instagram and judge people's pictures. What's he wearing? What's she got on? They're back together again. Why is she with him? Don't she know about him? <laughs> and we get on Facebook and we read people's posts and we judge their political affiliations and their statements. Listen, here's, <laughs> this is true. Y'all know this, right? You know you can flip through a post and you don't have to have an opinion. So that'll set some of you free right there. But do you know why you have an opinion? Because you're judgmental. Because I'm judgmental. Because we as humanity, specifically as Christ followers, are judgmental. And Jesus comes along and he says, Don't judge. In fact, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 are where we find the infamous, infamous words, Do not judge others. Everybody say that. Do not judge others. And you have to ask the question really, did Jesus? Does he never want us to judge? Is there no place for judgment in this world? I mean, stop and think about it. Like, if you get, you know, you're a student and you get a, get a grade back, you get a D on a paper from your college professor, your high school teacher, like, I dare you to walk up to him and be like, hey, didn't you know Jesus said don't judge? <laughs> like, try, like, try that out. If, uh, if you have an employee and, you know, they show up late a couple times and you got to write them up, I dare, like, I dare you if you're the employee to say to your, say to your boss that's writing you up, Hey! Didn't you hear Jesus say, don't judge? (laughs) Like, obviously, come on, this this is really important to get this, because we are so quick to tell people don't judge as if there's this blanket statement that we as people should never have an opinion or should never express an opinion about right or wrong. We should never have discussions with people about what's right and wrong. And I think just common sense tells us that there is a place and there is a time to have an opinion right? I mean, our children, one of the other things, you know, our kids, um, raising them in a Christian home, like they know some scripture. And there were times when they were in junior high and our daughters, you know, they were hanging out with people and were like, you can't hang out with them. And our kids would drop it on us. Hey, Jesus said, don't, you can't judge my friends. Jesus said, don't judge. I said, Jesus said, go to your room too. So go to, go to your room. <laughs> I don't know where it's at in the Bible, but I'm a pastor. So it's got to be in there somewhere. Right? I mean, come on. Listen, you need to to judge. You need to show some discretion about who you date, who you hang out with, who you employ, who you run with, who you're... So when Jesus said, don't judge, I don't think he meant, I don't think he intended that we should walk blindly through this world with no opinion of people. That makes no sense. However, what Jesus did mean when he said, don't judge, is this. Don't categorize me. Don't compare me. And don't criticize me. It is important that we understand what Jesus said out of the gate is that no person is ever to elevate themselves over another person that you feel like it's your right to write someone else off. <laughs> like, you can't look at somebody and say, like, my opinion is the highest opinion and what I feel is what matters. They can be reached. They can not change. What they're doing is wrong. What Jesus is saying out of the gate, he's clearly saying do not judge. But what we're going to see is, that when Jesus said, do not judge, it's not the only thing he said about judging people. In fact, this is only an introduction to a conversation Jesus has. And not only is this a conversation Jesus has, but what we find, and we won't really get into much today, but it's not the only, it's not the only discussion in the New Testament on the topic of being judgmental. So, with that in mind, here's what we see again, is Jesus jumps out of the gate and he says, hey, don't judge Don't categorize, don't criticize, don't compare, don't elevate yourself over other people, don't write anybody off. And then he says this, and you got to take this into the conversation. If you're a judgmental person, and I'm a judgmental person, here's what he says. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Pump the brakes. Jesus, this is really a cautionary call for us to at least have an awareness of how we're judging people. Because we're so quick, man, to dish it out. We're so quick to express our opinion. We're so quick to form in our mind what we think about other people, what they're going through. And Jesus says, hey, be careful, because the same way you're judging people, you're going to be judged. And let me ask you guys a question How would you like to be judged? Well, first of all, I don't want to be judged. And if you have to judge me, then I would like you to take into consideration my whole story before you come to your conclusion. I want you to know my background. I want you to know where I've been. I want you to know how I was raised. If you're going to judge my finances and know what I'm going through, if you're going to judge my kids and let me tell you about what they're doing and decisions they're making, if you're going to judge my marriage and let me talk about what's going on behind closed doors, if you're going to judge me, what we want is people at least take into consideration the whole story, right? Like several, uh, several months ago when it was in the middle of cold here in the south, it was, uh, I don't know, about 30 degrees, and I spent some time, I was working out at Family Fitness, one of the places I work out. I work out at several places, so if I'm missing, they don't form conclusions and judge me. I'm a floater. And at one end of the plaza is family fitness, at the other end of the plaza, and killing it is Foodland. And so I was there just in a t-shirt, shorts, shoes. I'd walk right from my car to the gym, so that's all I had on. It's cold outside. I work out. My wife calls me and says, hey, can you stop at Foodland and get, you know, whatever, and, uh, eggs and eggs and milk and, you know, the stuff you get. And I got candy bars and other stuff. But anyway, so different <laughs> message. So I'm walking there, I'm walking up the plaza, it's 30 degrees outside, I have shorts and a t-shirt. Let me just tell you, I could tell by the way people were looking with that look in their eyes, they were judging me. They may not have said anything out loud. I'm walking through the store, and I could tell people are judging me. Here's the thing I wanted to tell them. Listen, you can't judge where I'm at unless you know where I've been. See, if you don't know I just came from the gym, you won't make sense why I'm in gym clothes. And I'm just telling you, every one of us in this room, we are quick to judge, and we don't know where people have been. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know why they're making the decisions they're in. We come to bad conclusions when we don't have all the information. So Jesus says, do not judge be careful how you judge and then he goes on he says this watch this verse 2 for if you're going to be judgmental and you want to have an awareness that what you're dishing out is coming back that's what he says for you'll be treated as you treat others the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged i mean that'll make you dial it back Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to judge and and you want to be a judgmental person and you want to criticize other people's decisions and lifestyles and what they're going through, then just have an awareness that the same caliber of judgment that you're dishing out is going to be the same caliber that's dished on you. The same level you put people under your microscope is the same level God's putting you under his. Here's what I found in my life sometimes to be true is that I often want condemnation for others, but I always want grace from others. I often want condemnation for others. Boy, I mean, man, God's going to get them. God's going to straighten out this nation. Man, God, you know, and man, I just, every, man, they're looking. <laughs> you know, I talk about my driving skills up here. I'm a good driver, by the way. I may not be safe, <laughs> but we'll get there. You know, and it's, it's almost this funny thing, like I'll see people speeding, and I'll think, oh, my gosh, they're a maniac. What are they doing? Like, I want everybody else to be like, I understand he's late, but he's crazy. Right? I mean, come on. We judge everybody else. We judge what people are going through. We judge people's marriages. We judge people's finances. We judge, and we don't know the whole story. And I want you all to understand this. Listen, we want people to give us grace. But we are so quick to want to condemn people. When someone else is late for a meeting, we want to judge them for showing up late. When we're late for a meeting, we want people to understand, I got up late. I had a thing happen. I had a flat tire. Like, you know, I had traffic. We want people to give us grace. And this is what Jesus is saying is, if you're going to be a judgmental person, understand that you need to have the same caliber of judgment that you want the Father to give you. And I don't know about you, but listen to me. I want God to be incredible, incredibly gracious to me. And if we want God, the Father, to be incredibly gracious in the way that he judges us, then we ought to be incredibly gracious in the way we judge other people. So then he says this. He asks this question. Remember, Jesus never asks a question for his information. He already knows the answer. Jesus always asks a question for our revelation so we'll understand something. Jesus asks this question. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, hey, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? He asks this question, he says, Hey, what gives? Why are we so hung up? Think about this. Why are you so hung up on judging other people? Why are we so quick that our natural instinct, when we see somebody, when we read something, when we look at a why are we so quick to jump to a conclusion? Why are we so quick to judge? Think about this question. Jesus is asking all of us, why are you so worried about everybody else's business anyways? Why are you so concerned about how they're parenting? Why are you so bothered about how they're spending their money? What do you care about who they're sleeping with? What do you care about the decisions they're making? Like what's driving that thing on the inside of us? What do we care for? And I I think there's a few reasons why we're so judgmental. You want to hear them? I was going to say them anyways, regardless of what you say, because it's in what I prepared. So I think there's a couple reasons why I were. I think here's a few reasons why I get hung up on other people. I think primarily it's a distraction. It's a distraction for myself because when I get hung up on what other people, uh, uh, when other people have problems, then it makes my problems not seem as big. Like my kids may not be perfect, but your kids are jacked up. So therefore, I'm okay with where my kids are at. My finances may be a little out of control, but you're in debt up to your eyeballs. So I don't have to worry about how much debt I have. Listen, I might be fat, but you're huge. So I'm good. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Come on. So all of a sudden, it's a distraction. When I can point out other people's problems, my problems seem to somehow go away. Not only that, but when I get busy, especially, has anybody else done this? It's not just a distraction for myself. It's a distraction for you. Because if I can point out everybody else's problems, you're not looking at mine. Has anybody else ever done this? Have you ever been in a public place and you see somebody that you want to judge and you want someone else to judge them too? So you got to point them out to someone, but you don't want them to know you're looking at them. Okay, there's a person over my shoulder. Don't look at them yet. It's about 6'2", wearing a blue jacket. Yeah, him. Has anybody ever looked at a person through, like you, you want to make it look like you're taking a selfie and you're not? You're spying at the person you're being judgmental about. Oh, I see him. I got him. Like, what is that? It's like the magician's trick. You know what magicians are really good at? Magicians are great at kind of distracting, taking your eye away from what they don't want you to look at, so you miss the trick. And we're really good at it the same way. If I can get you looking at other people's junk, you won't look at my junk. It's really this distraction game that we all play. But do you know what Jesus? knows the issue really is the reason we are hung up and the reason we're bothered and the reason we're quick to judge other people jesus recognizes the real issue is we're unaware that we have issues we just think everybody else is broken and everybody else is messed up and everybody else has problems if you're taking notes the self-righteous are rarely self-aware When you're self-righteous, it's very hard to see that in the mirror. When you walk through life like you're floating above everybody else and you're better than everybody else. Sometimes it's hard to recognize that you need help too, that you're broken too, that your life's not all put together too. Sometimes when we're so busy looking at other people that we don't see our own problems and we miss them, it's because we're self-righteous. Jesus knows at the end of the day, that's the root of the issue in all of our hearts is that when you are a judgmental person, it's because you are self-righteous. That's why the next word Jesus calls us, calls me this, hypocrite. You're so quick to judge. You're so quick to point out other people's shortcomings. You're so quick to judge their lifestyle, their decision, their attitude. And Jesus is saying, you know what the problem is? Steve, you're a hypocrite. And then he says this. Hypocrite. First, everybody say that word. First, this is big. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. <laughs> He's saying if you're ever going to deal with people, if you're ever going to help people, if you're ever going to have conversations with people, he's saying the first thing you need to do is you need to deal with your own issues first. You need to deal with the log in your own eye first. The first thing you do, here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying if you're walking through the store and you get an opinion of somebody, If you're flipping through social media and you jump to a conclusion, if you're watching whatever political show you watch and they say something and you want to form an opinion, he's saying the first thing you do before you judge somebody else is you need to have an awareness that first you need to judge yourself. Before you get critical of others, we need to get critical of ourselves. Before we look at the crowd, we need to look at our crud. Before we look at other people, we need to look at our problems. Before we look outward, Jesus is saying first we need to look inward. Like, sometimes we forget we don't have it all together. We're not perfect. Newsflash, we have messes too. And sometimes we forget that and we walk through this world and we point out everybody else's issues. The Apostle Paul comes along and he says this concerning this issue. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Before you put someone else under your microscope, put your own life under your microscope first. Before you put someone else underneath the magnifying glass, put the magnifying glass on yourself. Why? He says this, hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Watch this. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your brother's eye. Do you notice what he's saying? Again, the issue is don't ever form an opinion. It's not even don't be judgmental. It's don't be judgmental with the goal of just being judgmental. If your goal is to form an opinion and not help a friend, you're a hypocrite. But Jesus calls us to this place. Notice what he says. He says, first, turn it inward so that when you experience life change, you can turn it outward. I have found in, in my own journey, and I found as a pastor for 25 years now, There's so many times, man, we're halfway in and we're halfway out. We live for Jesus on Sunday and we live in the world the rest of the week. And I'm telling you, when we are halfway in, when we are living the gray, when we're not really totally committed as followers of Christ, we lose credibility in the world we live in. But I have also found that when I live consistent for Christ, the people who are hurting the most come to me first. Not because I'm a pastor, but because they recognize that possibly I have found a solution. I have friends who have died, and I've gotten phone calls from mutual friends. You know the first phone call they've made when they've not talked to, something to me in 10 years, 20 years? The first phone call I've gotten multiple times in the middle of the night is me. Do you know why? Because they believe I found something. Not that I'm perfect, but I want everybody to know something. When we live a consistent lifestyle, and we recognize, come on, when we recognize that we have logs in our own eyes, we can't take the log out of our own eye, but I want you to know there is somebody who's a log remover. There's somebody who can heal people, restore families, and make us whole. There's someone who can change lives, and his name is Jesus. And so he's saying, listen, Focus on the log in your own eye and you'll find you can't help yourself, but you'll turn to the one who can. And when you find out that your log has been removed, then all of a sudden you can go to other people. And the one who just has a speck in their eye, listen, you're not focused on what's in, you're not focused on the splinter, you're focused on the Savior. Let me tell you about the one who helped me and he can help you too. Because first, if you deal with what's in you, you can go to other people and help them deal with what's in them. Jesus is the answer. So, watch this again. He says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Say it this way. We can help others best when we helped ourselves first. It doesn't mean be perfect. It means that we come to the place that we recognize that we can't help ourselves. But the same person who can help us can help others. And so Jesus, he said it this way about this importance of helping ourselves first. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into the ditch? And the answer is what? So he's saying, listen, you can't judge other people when your judger's broke. You can't see clearly what's in other people's lives when you've got a mess in your own eye. So first, everybody say first. First, get the log out of your own eye. Find the grace that God offers all of us. All of us Be open to the life change that Jesus can bring all of us. And when you experience that, you then, everybody say that, then you can turn and help somebody get the speck out of their own eye. In fact, notice what he says here back in verse 5. Hypocrite, first get the log out of your own eye, then you will see. I want you to notice these two words here. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your eyes friends, I. Notice he says, again, the goal is we think we live in a world. When people say don't judge, what they mean is you don't talk to me, don't have a conversation with me, don't have an opinion about me. When Jesus said don't judge, that is not what he meant at all. In fact, his goal is for people who experience life change to pass on life change, for people who experience grace to pass on grace. He says, in fact, I want you to be people who are willing to deal with some specs. Y'all see that? Deal with the speck in your friend's eye. In fact, you're taking notes, our goal should not be to condemn the splinter, but to deal with the splinter. See, the problem is the reason we don't have credibility and the reason the world calls us judgmental is because, again, we don't want to help friends. We want to form opinions. And Jesus says, man, everybody's got splinter in their eyes. Everybody has issues. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has battles. And I have found myself sometimes... My attitude and my issue is not really to help somebody. It's just to be critical about a decision they've made that I don't like, that I don't agree with, that I don't validate. And Jesus, in part of his ministry, he said this. He said, I didn't come to this world to condemn the world. This world already knows they're condemned. I came to this world to save this world. See, when all we want to do is point our fingers down our noses at people, we're not telling them something they don't know. Most people know they're hurting. Most people know their marriage is struggling. Most people know, man, they're depressed. Most people who are going through it know their finances are upside down. They don't need condemning, self-righteous people to point it out. They need people who care to come and help them get through it the same way we got through it, through God's grace and through God's strength. A friend, uh, True friends address suspect. Notice what Jesus said. He said, listen, he said, once you get the log out of your own eye, then you can deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And whose eye? In your friend's eye. That means, listen, that that we ought to be people who care about people. Friends deal with the speck. I'm going to tell you two things. Listen to me. If you're a true friend, true friends have hard conversations. True friends don't allow people they care about and people they say they love to continue down roads, to continue in relationships, to continue in lifestyles if they know they're self-destructive. True friends speak up. Listen to me, when I, was, when I was a young father, when I had young kids, I spanked my kids not to hurt them. I spanked my kids because I loved them. I disciplined my kids because, uh, because I loved them. I told them don't play around light sockets. I told them don't get in that cupboard. I told them don't mess with those chemicals because people who love people have hard conversations. People who love people set boundaries. People who love people want the best for people they love. Are you all hearing me today? So, I'm gonna tell you two things. Listen to me. If you're a friend, you need to be willing to have hard conversations. Now, again, I know the response, and you might get this from a person that you have a hard conversation with. Don't judge me. It's not what Jesus meant. If you are a true friend, and you know somebody's dating somebody that you know, man, is a loose cannon, is, is a dead end, you need to be willing to have that conversation. It's crazy. You all would be shocked how many times in ministry people have come to me and told me all the business of another person. Hey, uh, you know, pastor, I just found out that you know my best friend, her husband's cheating on her and like, I don't wanna have that conversation. She'll be mad at me. Will you tell him? I'm like, thanks for that information because it's pretty juicy, but no. Like, I wanna use that sometimes. Like, you know, I wanna go to those people and, you know, because people are always like, how did you know that about me? Did God tell you? I'm like, yes. So, So I found out but no, I'm not their friend. You're close to him. Listen, hard information is accepted accepted best by close friends. And so listen to me. When Jesus says that first, get the log out of your own eye, then you can't deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Friends have hard conversations, and friends are open to hard conversations. Sometimes we need people to come. And have a hard conversation with us i 'll tell you, and here 's what 's crazy is that this memory stands out in 46 years of my life. I remember um, probably about four months before I got saved, man, I partied really hard in school, like I would show up at work, like hung over and thrown up, and I remember I was out late one night, had to work early the next morning, and I remember there was a lady, her name was Kim she uh, she approached me, and this, this is the only word she said to me, and I remember, man, it had such an effect in my heart, but I remember she, she said it because she cared. This is what she said. It wasn't profound. She said, Steve, I've been watching you for a few months, and you need to cool your jets. You need to cool your jets. He says, I'm just telling you, like, like I felt like she wouldn't be in, like, she knew, man, I was like wheels off. And that, that small challenge from a person I felt like cared about me, it started putting my life into focus. Friends have hard conversations and friends are open to hard conversations. That's why here at Faith Church we have connect groups because we can't have conversations, hard conversations in rows. But when you sit in circles with people who know your life, who care about you and who hear your story, they can have the hard conversations that you need to have with you and you need to have with others. So real quick, recap, recap, this is where we're at. Be careful, this is all the things Jesus is saying, be careful with your condemnation. Be careful. Again, he's not saying don't ever form an opinion. He's not saying don't ever have a conversation. He's just saying, hey, be careful with your condemnation. We need to be hope dealers and not hurt dealers. If we're going to have a conversation, then let's bring hope. Let's bring life. Let's introduce them to Jesus and not just condemn their lifestyle. Let's give them the grace that we want from the Father. Let's offer not just an opinion, but let's offer the help and the hope that they need. Be careful with your condemnation. Don't just form an opinion, help a friend. Judge you before them. Start with you. Start on the inside first. Before you get judgmental, before you start pointing your finger, start with you first. Judge you before them. Judge insiders, not outsiders. Judge your brother, not your other. That's what Jesus said. Some translations where this one says you can help get the speck out of a friend's eye. Some translations say you can help get the speck out of a brother's eye. Notice friends and brothers are people you're in relationship. When I say judge insiders, not outsiders, if you are a church person, not visiting today, church person, not a person asking questions and investigating faith, but if you are here and you say, I love Jesus, you need to pay attention right here. Judge insiders, not outsiders. We are so silent about the sin inside of these four walls. And we are so loud and expressive about the things we disagree with outside of these walls. And it is backwards and upside down. We ought to be quick to call each other on the carpet. That attitude is out of bounds. That racism is wrong. The decisions you're making is not godly. And we need to be silent to the world until we've earned the right to speak into their life. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. It isn't my responsibility to judge, come on, y'all gotta read this, outsiders, But it is certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Start with me before others. Judge insiders, not outsiders. Judge actions, and not individuals. It's funny how we write people off, and at the end of the day, the people we're judging and the people we're condemning and the people we're standing above, they're people. They're humans just like you and I. They're people made in the image of God just like you and I. And I want everybody here to know something in case we forget. The person with the biggest mess is loved just as much by Jesus as he loves you and I. So never forget, never forget when you're forming your opinion and coming to your conclusion, never forget that that's a person you're talking to. I didn't say this first first service, but I don't know if you all have seen this happen and I, I don't want to make this a sexual identity issue but just to say this it's funny how quick people come to an opinion when it's outside of their scope of experience and how quickly that opinion changes when it comes home I have seen people be some of the most critical Christians in the world when someone else gets divorced until they get divorced I've seen people point their fingers and have backdoor conversations about their unwed daughters getting pregnant until their unwed daughter got pregnant. I have seen people rail <laughs> brutally against people who are people first in a lifestyle of homosexuality until they find out their kid is homosexual. Well, what's changed? Is homosexually right or wrong? Is sex outside of marriage right or wrong? Is divorce right or wrong? See, all of a sudden we forget that there's a person in that. Jesus came for people. All people. Divorced people, gay people, straight people, broken people, rich people, people that got it all together and people that got it all messed up. Jesus came for people. And if we're going to have an opinion, we need to judge ourselves before them judge insiders not outsiders judge actions not individuals and judge up close not from a distance judge up close again the goal is not to form an opinion but to help a friend which means if the opinion you have can't help the person you need to ditch it it's just self-righteousness but if what you feel is something that can help a person then go be willing to have the hard conversation this needs to be done in the context of relationship you need to be in relationship with people you can talk to and with people who can talk to you. Say it this way and we'll close. Ultimately, ultimately, this is what Jesus taught. Jesus is not saying never judge, but graciously help your friends deal with their issues, their specs, only after you first dealt with yours. So what would happen if we stop forming opinions and stop being judgmental? and made a decision. We wanted the world that we lived in to experience the grace that we've experienced. And we were willing, not to judge everybody, but to have hard conversations with people we cared about. Imagine what would happen. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name that God, you would break us. You would break us, God, from being people that are so quick to judge, so quick to jump to conclusions. But God, help us to be people that God are willing to open our mouths, willing to have hard conversations, willing to challenge our friends because we love them. God, help us to share the grace and the power that we've experienced through Christ because that's the only answer for this world. Lord, help us to get this thing right because God, if we get this right, we can see your grace spread throughout this area, spread throughout relationships. God, ultimately spread throughout the world. So Lord, help us to not judge, but God, help us to judge right. In Jesus' name and everybody who agreed, said amen.